Welcome to another inspirational podcast at Real Life Church. For more great content and updates, visit reallifechurchkc.com.
I'm so excited to be back worshiping together with all of you today who are here with us and online. And we are going to continue and worship to our good God, the story of him all through our creation, to sing it out today to our King of Kings.
Let's give it up for Jesus this morning, real life. Come on. He's the King of kings. He's the Lord of lords. And nothing surprises him. Not a pandemic. That's not going to hold him down. Come on, somebody. He's the God over depression. He's over your anxiety. He can rule it all. He can heal it all. And we're here today to say praise forever to the King of kings. Do you believe that, real life church? If you do, then shout something out. Come on. Does it feel good to be back in this room or does it feel good? I'm not going to give you the option. It feels good, right? Man, it is so good to see everybody. And you know, uh, probably not the best idea to like high five, hug or handshake. But uh, I saw me early on in the shutdown that said, let's make finger guns cool again. So I want you to look around the room and give a couple to the people you see. Or you can go like the Fonz and give a good A. All right? So seriously, greet each other, be safe, have fun with it, and then have a seat. All right? And guys, while the people in the room are are greeting each other and uh, having a seat, I want to say an extra special welcome to those of you that are joining us online this morning. Man, it is so awesome that you're here with us. And, uh, you know, we believe that God's bigger than a church building. Amen. You can worship God at home. And we're just so blessed that uh, we could bring you our live experience right there on your computer screen. So throw some likes, throw some hearts and all that good stuff. If you're here in the building, don't throw anything at me, please. That'd be, that'd be good. If you're brand new today and you're here with us, wow, thank you so much, man. It is so cool to see you guys out today. And uh, I just want to extend an invite to you. If you're brand new, please, after this gathering, if you haven't already, go to the New Here booth. We have just a a small gift for you, just something to say uh, thank you. And we're so blessed that you're here. So make sure you do that. If you're online or even if you're here in the room, another thing I want you to do if you're new, get out your phone. I want you to text RLNEW to 97,000. And what that's going to do, that's going to put you uh, in our system and someone from our connection team will reach out with you this week. And we just want to just be there for you. We just want to be able to connect with you and really help real life feel like home. All right, so please do that. So uh, the other thing is some of you uh, maybe are in line to take a next step. Uh, Maybe you haven't done that yet or haven't finished all those. So uh, today's next step, uh, we're going to do the make this house your home. And uh, the way we're going to do that is after this gathering, it's pretty cool if you've never done this before, go meet Pastor Sean and Diane right after the gathering um, in the next steps room, in the next steps room. Now, if you're watching online, I got an even cooler deal for you, August 30th at Pastor Sean's house, uh, they're gonna do what we call crash course. And that's all the next steps, all four of them in a crash course. So if you wanna do that, we ask that you RSVP at reallifechurchkc.com. We'd love to see anyone who hasn't done it yet take your next step. Well, who knows that Real Life Church never went anywhere? That's right. We, we didn't go anywhere. We just shifted online. But, you know, we are calling this our relaunch to in-person gatherings. And what, what's cooler than relaunching with a brand new message series? Who's excited for something new this week? All right. This is called Hero Maker. Hero Maker. And Pastor Sean is going to deliver what I believe the kids are calling a banger of a message today. Is that cool? Probably not that cool. All right. He's going to give you an awesome message today called Hope is Rising. Can we give a warm welcome? Where are we at? Pastor Sean. I love you, Drew. I thought Drew was going to preach. Come on, Drew. You stop giving the guy energy drinks in the morning, man. Red Bull, right? Forget it's on stage. It's crazy. 
man, well, seriously, uh, I'm excited to be back in person after five months. You guys excited? Man, it's crazy. I've been preaching out of camera lens, and I didn't know people were real anymore, so I'm going to have to jump down here and just give people hugs or something. Um, it is crazy. Uh, man, I'm excited you guys are here. I know some of you guys are new with us, and uh, we, you're an honored guest, and uh, we're so thankful you joined with us. And so, uh, man, can I say thank you to our dream team? Uh, man, we've, you guys are working hard behind. Give it up. Come on. You guys can clap. Give it up for our dream team. They're our servants uh, that just get all this done, all this set up. We've got a couple trailers, and, um, man, getting all you guys back together, uh, setting up, man, that, you guys are heroes. Uh, you're on the dream team, serving, making a difference. Uh, we did incredible stuff yesterday in the community, and man, I'm excited to be here today. I've been building this message up for five months. You guys ready for like a three-hour sermon? Why don't we get one clap on that? <laughs> All right, I'll make it short. We'll be out here early. You get, you get ready for lunch. I'll get, I'll get you where we need to go. It's going to be good. Um, but I want to celebrate a few things. Um, well, first of all, let's welcome everybody online one more time. Come on. Let them know we love them. This is the first time we're going live from Kentucky Trail. Absolutely awesome. Uh, man, it's incredible. Just all this work's happening behind the scenes. So you got a lot of stuff to celebrate. Over the last uh, five months, uh, we have followed up with, connected with 350 people. All right? So we, we're not, we didn't close down during this whole corona season, okay? We've been working behind the scenes. That's almost two people a day. Isn't that crazy? They're connecting with and following up with. And so, man, that's just awesome uh, what God is doing. This is awesome, too. Our Facebook page, uh, the views on just videos is like 70,000 minutes over the last five months. That's crazy, dude, that people are watching the content. People are being challenged the Word of God. Come on, give it up for our film team. Everybody's working behind the scenes. It's awesome. People always wonder how the church is doing. I'm like, I don't know. I just look at a camera. I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. But I'm telling you, it's awesome to see what God is doing. And so today we're going to jump into a new series called Hero Maker. Uh, we're going to jump in this idea of, of bringing the best out in others. A few um, days ago, I posted on our Facebook group, a real life group uh, on Facebook. If you're not part of, jump on. We'd love to have you part of it. And I asked, man, who's your hero? Who's that person that inspired you in life? Man, that changed you. Like, you wouldn't be the same without them. Like, they just changed the course of your life. They inspired you to do something great. And some of you guys replied, and it was awesome. Some of you guys said your dads. Come on, your dad's your hero. I thought, man, how cool is that? One person thinks that's cool. Um, Hopefully you want to be a hero if you're a dad. I know us as kids, we always look up to our parents, but it's awesome and you can be called a hero, you know, from your kids. I think that's amazing because so many times it doesn't necessarily go that way. Uh, grandparents, let me put their grandparents are on there. They had teachers and coworkers. And I think in every season of your life, there is a hero. In every season and maybe every area of your life, there's a hero. There's somebody you look up to. And it's that person that has the I see and you conversation. When I was in high school, uh, I, was, uh, I was a nerd. I was in band and uh, I loved it. Come on, nerds, look night. That's how nerds. That's how nerds cheer. By the way, they just don't. Just like, oh yeah, like that. This silent cheer. And so I, I was in band, and uh, I was a, a, a drum major. And my role model, my hero, was my band director, uh, Mr. C. It was Bob Cochran, and he's believed in me. Like I don't know why he believed in me. Like I didn't really believe in myself a whole lot, but I said, hey, here's here's the keys to the band. Like, I, I, I see something in you. We'd sit behind after, um, you know, in the first one there, last one, leave everything. And we'd have these conversations. And he just believed in people. And he had a passion for people. I learned all this stuff. You'll see today, just passion from this guy. And I just know that every season there's a hero in our life. And they bring the best out in us. Whatever your hero is, you're looking back and saying, they brought something out of me that I didn't know was even there. There's something that they saw in you that maybe you didn't see in yourself. And so today, as a church, we're going to start this series called Hero Maker. Because I believe us, as the people of God, as Jesus followers, should be hero makers to people around us. We should kind of people that walk out of here in our community, and people feel different because we've built them up. Amen? That our kids would recognize, man, we walked with Jesus, and we believe in them. That we see potential. We see their future. And we're going to encourage them and build them up. So I believe, as a church, in this season, as we relaunch, and by the way, if you're new with us, this is our first time being together in five months. You probably picked up on a 
little bit. But in this season, we're going to relaunch with some reproductive, hero-making DNA. Like, we're going to be pushing into the future with people. And I want to just dive in to what this looked like. Jesus, uh, he, he rolled with some people that we not, may not roll with when it started. And I want you to check out how Jesus chose his first disciples. It's actually really interesting to see how Jesus actually got his first inner circle around him. And you can find it in John chapter 1, verse 35. Jesus had just been baptized, and it says, the next day. So here's this moment where his ministry starts, his public ministry starts. He says, the next day, John the Baptist was there, again with two of his disciples. We know from other places, this is John and Andrew. He says, when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, look, the Lamb of God. And when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. So immediately, they're followers of John the Baptist, and they see Jesus, and they say, okay, we're going to start following Jesus. But apparently, they didn't, like, walk up to Jesus. They were stalking him. Because if you read the next verse, it says, turn around, Jesus saw them following and asked him, what do you want? So I don't know if they're, like, sneaking up behind trees and just trying to get back to his house. Like, I don't know what's going on. It's just one of those awkward moments. You've ever had one of those awkward moments? I won at Target this last week. Uh, I don't know, that's what you do when you're, when you're a dad with kids, right? You hang out at Target because that's cool, right? Uh, in the toy section. And so uh, I was out with my family and we told them they couldn't buy any toys, which... There's a long story. Um, but anyway, the kids are walking down this, and there's this kid at the very end of the aisles, okay? And he's in the middle there, and he's holding the ball above his head. And we kept shopping and whatever, and he was just standing there the whole time. So I get, we get all down the end of the toy section, and I look at this kid, and his dad's standing next to him. And I say, hey, it's Atlas. And his dad just looks at me like confused but bewildered and almost kind of like upset. And I'm like, that is the weirdest thing. I was like, Atlas, you know, Atlas, Atlas. And he's like looking at me like, dude, we're not having this. I'm like, Atlas, you know, the guy holds the world up. He goes, that's his name. His name is Atlas. I was like, I'm not a creeper, dude. Like, I didn't know his name was Atlas. I wasn't stalking him, I swear. Like, it just, it's cool how you name somebody a name and they become that, you know? Like, and that's what I told him. He's just looking at me like, dude, I'm going to punch you in the throat, you know? And so I was like, I'll see you guys later, no? Like, what are the chances? Come on, dude. One in a million, his name was Atlas. I mean, that's cool, right? I'm going to name my kid Atlas, by the way. We're just going to go with it. But I'm just telling you, it's one of those moments like where Jesus looks around and is like, what are you doing? What do you want? And I love his disciples because this is, this is what, they're not really disciples yet, but this is what they say to Jesus. Uh, hey, teacher, um, yeah, where are you staying? Because we were stalking you, trying to like find out where you're living at. I mean, what, what, do you, what do you say to that? And this is what Jesus says. He says, come, he replied, and you will see. He just says, come and see. Just come and see. I don't know about you, but if you met somebody on the way out of here today, and they said, hey, hey, where do you live at? What are you going to be like? Come and see. Atlas's dad. Hey, come on and see, man. Welcome to my family. Hey, turn to your neighbor and say, come and see. Come and see. Turn to your neighbor. Come and see. You know, I preach this better than this. You better just come and see. Come and see. You got somebody next to you you don't know? Come on over. Let's go have lunch together. Nobody? Nope, nobody invited anybody. That's, that's the problem with this right now. So I'm preaching this message. Just you need this right now. Come and see. I love the first invitation for Jesus. Okay, what's to come and see? Jesus' first invitation wasn't go do improve. It wasn't go, hey, go back and get a little more spiritual. Hey, when you clean up your mess, you can come over to my house. I'm a little too busy right now. Like Jesus had time for them and Jesus made a way for them. And matter of fact, he, he accepted them in their skepticism, in their doubts. In that moment, he said, hey, come hang out. Who knows you spend a little time with Jesus, your life is going to get changed. Who knows when you hang out with Jesus that God's going to do a little work inside your life. He broke down the walls of religion. I Man, I love that. He didn't collect resumes. Come on. You've been in that church? You had, to, you, had to, you had to be there for five years before you could do something? You know what I'm talking about. You, you've been there, right? Like, it's not good enough to be on the team or something. You, come on. You've been there. I know I've been there, right? And you got to have a resume, and you got to have a, you have a discipleship test, or, I mean, you've got to have an interview process, or I don't know what it is, but Jesus didn't do any of this, right? Like, Jesus said, just come on over. I don't know who you guys are. You're stalking me, creepers. Just come on over. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hang out with you a little bit. And all of a sudden, their lives began to change. Can I just tell you, you can belong here before you believe? Can I say that? Can I say that out loud? 
You belong in our church before you believe. We're not that kind of church. You have to show up and have it all together. Amen. No perfect people allowed. I'm sorry if you, if you thought you're perfect today. You, oops. You made you're mad. Not come back. I don't know. I'm just telling you, this is a place where you can belong before you believe. It's a place where you can come just as you are in your mess. You have to clean your life up. You have to look a certain way. Some of you guys thought this building was going to burn down today if you showed up. All right. Uh, on Friday, me and Diane came up here and we put up the pipe and drape. We washed all that. That was fun, by the way. I love doing that. Um, but anyway, we washed all this pipe and drape. And um, next time I'm going to get a team together for that, by the way. Um, you can wash six panels at a time if you want to know. Uh, but anyway, we plugged the lights in, just doing some stuff. And this floor box started smoking on fire, okay? So literally, we were about to burn down the church, but it was cool. We just let it smoke and burn. It was cool. We heated ourselves around it. Um, but this, this is what happens at church, right? I'm just telling you, some of you guys thought you show up today, and you're like, man, this place is going to collapse but I bring somebody. I mean, if I show up or I bring that friend and like that family member that hates God and hates church. No, 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 no. Just come as you are. Amen. Just come as you are. Just come in your brokenness. Come in your fear. Man, come in your anxiety and your depression. Man, that, that broken Jerry Springer marriage, come on in. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm talking about. You, you, you're looking at me like you don't, but you, you do. You can't say amen because they're sitting next to you, but it's true, right? All right, come in your fears and your doubts. I'm just telling you, that's what God wants us to do. And this is how he, he gets his disciples. Look at this. In John one forty one, it says this. The first thing Andrew did, this is before he went to Starbucks, right? Before he went home, this is what he did, all right? He was to find his brother Simon and tell him. Like, literally, he left Jesus. He was hanging out with him. I don't know what they ate dinner or whatever. And then he ran to his brother. Who knows when you first met Jesus, you ran to the most important person in your life. Do you remember that moment? Do you remember that moment you came to Jesus? When I was in high school and I met Jesus, and I didn't know any better that I, was, that I just wasn't supposed to tell people. People. Like I went home and I was like, hey, mom and dad, like, man, I met Jesus. And they're like, oh, that's cool for you. But don't, don't, don't tell us about that. But that's cool for you. I was like, that's weird. You know, and then I went, to, I went to school and I started inviting my friends to church. And I didn't know that wasn't cool. You know, and they started coming to church and the people at high school started coming to the Jesus guy, which I thought was cool, but I guess it's not cool. But that, that's how it is, right? Like, who's that person you ran to? You guys remember? I mean, who ran, who ran to their best friend? Anybody run to their best friend? Anybody run to their sibling? You got to run anywhere? I'm about to step off the stage again. Nobody ran anywhere. I know you guys ran to somebody. There's someone in your life you ran to when you met Jesus. You had to tell. It didn't matter. It was so important for you because you met somebody who changed your life from the inside out. So Andrew ran to his brother Simon, and he says this, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ, and he brought him to Jesus. Now, I love this idea, he brought him to Jesus, because he didn't say he just told him about Jesus. He didn't say he just invited him to see Jesus. He brought him to Jesus. I don't know if it was with his will or against his will. Come on. Maybe he put him in a chokehold and uh, brought him to Jesus. I don't know. He said, get in the car. Man, get on the donkey right now, Peter. We're going. We're going to go see Jesus. You're going to meet Jesus right now. We're going to go see him. I don't know how it went down, but it was so important for Andrew to get Simon to Jesus. It just had to happen. And so Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, the son of John, but you will be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. I love this. I love that Jesus had another name picked out for Simon before he showed up. The first thing he tells them, hey, your new name is now Peter because on this rock we're going to build the church. You are Peter. This is a plan to have for your life. Can I just tell you today that Jesus sees way past what your mess is right now? That Jesus sees your future? That Jesus sees your potential? That Jesus knows exactly what you're made of? That he can bring out the best in you? That Jesus is a hero maker for your life? Because he didn't see Simon. He saw Peter. What he saw was a preacher on Pentecost. He saw the guy that was going to plant the church. He didn't see a fisherman. He didn't see some, some scrub teenager show up not knowing what to do. You know what I'm talking about. Those are all teenagers, by the way. All right. He saw somebody that was going to lead the church. He said, your name is now Peter. You're going to lead in the future. I love that God sees our potential in their future. I love this. Jesus is less concerned with who you are right now and more concerned about who you are becoming. Do you know if you're a hero maker, you're always thinking about who somebody's becoming? 
I know in this moment, like, it's easy to be, uh, have a lot of division. I can, we can have some division right now. Boom. Division, right? Like, everybody's got an opinion about this. Matter of fact, that during last night, we had some opinions about this for some people. You know, it's every day. There's always something, right? And it's so easy to divide in this season. It's so easy to write somebody off. It's so easy to, to, to cut people out of the circle. And here, Jesus, he's saying, you know what? I know there's a mess in your life, but guess what? I see your potential. I know who you are becoming. I know who you can be. Matter of fact, I think of Scott Germain when I think about um, a hero maker. Matter of fact, uh, I used, used to prep out in the next steps room before we'd uh, before I preach, and I would always be in there, and I'm like stressing about something on the message, right? Because that's what preachers do. Uh, but anyway, so I'm in there like doing my thing, and, and Scott always walks in. He's doing pipe and drape. He just shows up and serves. And Scott's here, by the way. Is Scott, you in this room? I saw him earlier. Where's Scott? <laughs> well, you tell him I'm gonna change the story. <laughs> So Scott, he, he just has this passion, right? And so I'm telling him, he's like, oh, you're working out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's like, you're going to do great. You're going to do great. I'm like, yeah, I'm just trying to figure this out. No, man, it's going to be great. You're going to do great. He just, he just sees the potential. Like, you don't know about the details. Like, I believe in you. It's just, is in nature. I know, Jordan, you might have heard that before a few times, right? Like, you believe in you. He's probably your biggest fan. I'm just telling you, like, he's just pushing people. Just, he's a hero maker. And I just think, man, that's what we're called to do in this season is to see the best in other people. Matter of fact, Jesus sees your potential. Jesus wants to bring out your best. I love what it says in Isaiah about your life. Isaiah 49 it says, Can a woman forget her nursing child or lack compassion for her son in her womb? Even if she could forget, I will not forget you. Behold, I have inscribed on the palms of my hands your name. Isn't that incredible to think that God has tattooed your name on his hands? Like long before you walked in these doors, Long before you knew about Jesus, long before you were born, God put your name on his hands because he loves you. And he has a purpose for your life. And maybe you walked in a day and you're like, man, I don't know what God has for me. Yo, God has a plan for you, bro. God wants to use your life. God wants to bring out your best. And I tell you, God loved you so much that he pierced a nail through your hand to die for your sins on that cross. That Jesus loved you so much that he chose to pay for all your wrongs, to have all your rights, that you have a new life and forgiveness and changed and transformed from the inside out. And all of a sudden you meet Jesus and you're like, who can I tell about Jesus? Simon, get over here, right? All of a sudden, like, you've got to find somebody. And I'm just telling you, as a church, we exist in this community not to set up this stuff. We exist to reach people far from God. You have neighbors and friends and family. I know I've got some family members, right? right? you got people in your life that need Jesus, and we got to get out there, and we got to believe in them, and we got to be a hero maker in the people in our life. For some of us, we've given up on some people. Let's just be real. We've given up on our kids. I mean, some of you guys got some teenagers. Come on, somebody. You know what I'm talking about. You're like, man, I, I, just gotta, I don't know if I keep going. Like if you weren't filling the blank, and it's a complaint, instead we need to change it to a conversation. You have these I see in you conversations that Jesus had. Hey, Peter, I see in you. I don't see a Simon. I see a Peter. I see a rock. I see a rock. And I hang out with my boy. He's three years old. And um, I always tell him, I said, man, you're so, you're so strong, Jack. And he'll oftentimes tell me, I'm not strong. I've got to grow big like you. It's like, don't grow as big as that, okay? But get, get somewhere, right? Um, but he's like, I'm not strong. I'm like, no, son, you're strong. I said, you're brave. You make me proud. There's things I tell him every single day because I, want to, I see something in his life, right? He's going to be a world changer. Now, you may be like, oh, we talk to every kid. Well, you know what? He's my kid. <laughs> I'm going to tell him that. And we believe in that for, uh, for people in our church. Like, when you show up, we believe in you. Like, we want to see your life change. This is what Jesus did. He believes in his disciples. He believes in you. I mean, we say it this way. Uh, we, we say this at our church. Uh, we'll give God as much time to fix your life as Satan did jacking it up. I mean, seriously, we've given Satan so much time and so much turf and so much of our life, and then we show up on Sunday and we expect to be perfect. 
well, it ain't going to happen, is it? You know, I get some people we invite to church, and, and they're like, man, I just can't stand church. There's so many hypocrites. I'm like, hey, there's room for one more. Just come on in, right? Just come on this way. You'd be the first perfect person. We actually need you here because you can make a big difference. You can serve on a team with your perfection. It's going to be amazing. Like, that never happens, right? Like, but the people feel like there's not good enough for church and all the people let them down. It's like, no, no, it's about Jesus. It's not about all the people of the church. Man, God's going to change people's lives. I mean, look at this next disciple. This is amazing. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finally, Philip, he said to him, follow me. And Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. And I love Philip's reply. Come on, what's he, what does he tell Nathanael? Come and see. Come and see. Where do you learn that from? Jesus. Hey, just come and see. Come with your skepticism. And so he meets Jesus. And you know what Jesus tells him? Hey, uh, Nathanael, uh, yesterday we were hanging out of that fig tree. And all of a sudden, I was like, whoa, 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 you must be the Messiah. You know everything about my life. Can I tell you that Jesus sees you in this moment? Jesus knows exactly where you are. You, you might have thought you were hiding from God last night. Come on, I know some of you drug in this morning after watching Netflix till 2 a.m. Come on, somebody. We set up at 7 a.m. I watched them, you guys like, hey, we're here for setup, right? Like, God knows what you're doing. God, they got not good, bad, or ugly. God sees you. God knows you. God has a plan for you. And I believe that, the, that God is waiting for us to bring people to him. Here's the craziest thing about Jesus' followers. His initial group of followers and all followers since then weren't picked by Jesus. Jesus actually just hung out with people that were invited by his other disciples. Most of the disciples were invited by other disciples. Most of the disciples were invited and brought to Jesus by somebody else. Do you realize that's our responsibility? That they were gonna bring people to Jesus and if whoever shows up, Jesus just goes, Come and see. Hey, come and see. Let's go hang out because I know when you get a moment with spending time with Jesus, he's going to change your life forever. Come on, somebody. My preach is better than this. You got to give me an amen right here. Give me an amen. We got to get something going here. We're going to get there today. I'm telling you. God wants you to just come and see. You got some neighbors that are like, I don't believe in God. Like, hey, just come and see. Just come and see. God's got something special for your life. And so uh, if, I, if I was Jesus, man, I would have done a little differently. Because I don't know about you, I'm that kind of guy that I would have given the Enneagram, you know, like, like here comes Andrew Enneagram, you know. I mean, you're going to get Meyer Briggs, you're going to get some kind of disc survey. i got to weed out Judas. Come on, somebody. Like, I just got to pick all these perfect people. they got to be looking good and not scrappy. And all these disciples brought somebody. It's crazy. John the Baptist invited Andrew and John. Andrew invited Peter or brought Peter. Maybe he choked him out and brought him. I don't know how it worked. You know, Jesus invited Philip. Philip invited Nathaniel. Uh, John invited his brother, James. Guys, tell you, the cross is open for everybody. Amen. It's open for everybody. It's just not for us. I know it's all comfortable and we show up and it's easy. You know what's cool? It's the best day of church when you sit next to somebody you brought. It's the best day of church. It really is. I mean, Holly was, uh, we were in a big meeting this week and, and uh, she has a friend that started coming to our church. She came to Heart and Soul Night. Been inviting for a long time. She showed up and she loved it so much she came on our soft launch last Sunday. She showed up to soft launch at uh, 7 o'clock in the morning because she wanted to serve on the team. Just, I'm going to be here. She shows up a soft launch. She serves and sets up. She shows up to the next huddle. She runs a camera. She runs a camera all through the first gathering. She comes back. She runs a camera the second gathering. And then she shows up to the teardown huddle. And she's in the teardown huddle, and she cut out early. I couldn't believe she left. No, I'm just kidding. She was, there the, <laughs> she was there all day, and she served. It's, it's absolutely crazy. And so we're talking about this. It's like, man, that's so incredible. And it was awesome because one of the people on the Dream Team were like, if just one person shows up in the last five months, and I was like, well, it's actually uh, this lady Amanda's here today. And I was like, oh, you know. It's like, I hope more than one person shows up, right? But it's crazy how God just brings it all together. And so we're sitting in this meeting, and Holly's uh, telling me, she goes, you know what? It means so much different when it's your friend. Just so much different. Like when it's your friend you've been inviting. When it's that person you grew up with. 
What's that college friend that you knew forever and they meet Jesus and all of a sudden you see their light click on for them and all of a sudden that light switch lights up and they're serving and they're hungry for God. All of a sudden it's totally different. I'm telling you, there's no greater feeling than a hero maker. No greater feeling in your life than when you invest in somebody else and bring the best out in them. I bet you're glad you invited them. Like, I don't know how many times you invited her, right? But you're excited you did that. I'm telling you, that's what God is calling us to do is to be a hero maker in somebody else's life today. Man, the cross is open for everyone. Man, I believe this, that God, our greatest calling is to be a hero maker. We're a hero maker. We're going to equip and release people. And we're relaunching in this season what I'm going to call a reproductive DNA. You're like, what in the world is that? <laughs> all right, a reproductive DNA. That means we're not thinking about ourselves. We're thinking about the next generation. It's all about legacy. Who do you, who do you leave behind when you're gone? Matter of fact, this is what the Bible says in 2 Timothy 2. 2. It says, and these things that you, Timothy, have heard from me. So this is Paul talking to Timothy. He said, all the things I taught you. Remember all those things of God that I showed you? All those lessons in life, like how to skip a rock and all these other things. All these things I've shown you, Timothy. This is what you need to do. Among many witnesses, commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also, this, this is a reproductive DNA. This is a hero maker mentality. For, for Paul, it was all about who's the next person taking the reins. Like, who's the person I'm investing in? So Paul is teaching Timothy to teach other people. He's like, man, I need to teach faithful followers. Go find some people in your life that you can invest in. There's people that sit next to you and around you that you can pour your life into. There's some neighbors that just need you to open your door and lend a hand. And you're going to teach those faithful followers to teach others. Do you guys see this? Four generations deep. Paul, Timothy, faithful followers, others. I mean, this is, this is how the gospel spreads, amen? Jesus, Jesus isn't picking them for you. You're picking them. Whoever you bring to Jesus, I promise you, God is going to use. And God is calling us to raise up leaders, to reproduce leaders, to care for people. I mean, to turn somebody loose. You know, one day we're, all, we're not going to be here, are we? We're all, we're all going to be gone. And our greatest legacy is the people we leave behind. Our greatest legacy as parents is our kids, amen? It's our greatest legacy. They represent us. Like, they are who we've trained them to be. They're who we pour our life into. That's our legacy, and we want them not just to survive this life. We want them to grow in this life. Amen. And in church world, guess what? Some of you guys are, are going to be in one ministry and then another. And I tell leaders all the time, it's only as good as the next person you trained up. Because when you leave, guess what? All your stuff leaves with you. All your knowledge and intellect and all the stuff you did. You know what? you got to train somebody. We're called to be hero makers and develop others. And so today, I want to just, <clears throat> man, <clears throat> can I do that? I'm not used to preaching in front of people. I just use the, the camera. But I'm going to give you four hero maker habits today. Four hero maker habits. How do you have this in your life? Number one is this. You have to have a deep passion for people. You have to have a deep belief in people. You have to care for people. You have to have that, that thing in your life where you say, you know what, I know I've been walked on a little bit, but you know what, I still believe in you. Come on, parents. you got teenagers. You've been there, right? Every single day is a battle. I know. I've see, I know you guys' stories. And you, gotta, you can't quit on your kids, can you? You shouldn't quit on your kids. You have a deep belief in people. We see their potential. You know, I'm telling you something. Somebody took a risk on me, amen? Somebody believed in me. There's people like Bob Cochran and Mitch Black and Craig Cackley, another church planter in our town. And he, he signed the line for a church. There's people in this room that signed the line and said, guess what? We're going to take some risk with you to launch this church because I see in you. I believe in you. Are you being that to somebody else? Have a deep belief in the people around you. Like, it's so easy to tear people down, isn't it? Social media, come on, somebody. I mean, just negative. Matter of fact, I was on social media the other day, and I, I saw this amazing story of this, 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 it was kind of a cop that he wrote somebody up for something he shouldn't have done, and then the cop got arrested, and the guy got exonerated. Long story short, these guys reconciled and forgiven, all this crazy story. It got one like. I was like, dude, if this was some crazy thing, there'd be a million likes. But because it's a positive story, what, some hero-making moment, it's just one like. I was like, this is crazy, right? And that's the story of life. Like, we all look for the fire and the problem. But God's calling us to be heroes. So let's walk out of here and, and build somebody up. Amen? 
Let's be a hero maker. Let's share some positive stuff on social media. Come on, I got, I like that. Whoever that was, come on, somebody. Man, it's easy to write somebody off. You've been hurt by somebody? Man, isn't it easy? I'm never doing that again. Never talking to them again. Take them out of my phone. Take them off Facebook. Unfollow them. Man, I have one guy, he, he got upset at our church, and he told me, he's like, I'm going to land blast you guys. I was like, okay. And he's like, well, you should, you should block me and unfriend me. I said, man, I love you too much to, unblock, to, to block you and unfriend you. And sure enough, a couple months pass, and there's some stuff on there that needs, like, hey, man, I'm, I'm here for you. And I care about you. But it's crazy how, like, that's the first response. It's like, I'm not running from that. I mean, like, we don't have to agree on everything, but come on. Like, I care about you. That's why we're in this business. We're in the people business. We're in the God business. See, there's a question you're always asking yourself with people. Who are they becoming? Who are they becoming? Because I know right now it's messy. Like, I know as a teenager, they just do dumb stuff, right? Like, it's not, brain's not all connected. <clears throat> I'm still a teenager, <laughs> right? Like, it doesn't all work. And it's like, we just don't write them off. It's like, man, uh, you're always going to be that way. You, you know, there's so many times we say the wrong stuff, don't we? We say what we think. No. We say who we want them to be. Like, hey, man, I know you made a mistake, but I love you. Like, I don't agree with you, but I love you. Like, I can disagree, and I love you. Like, I don't know what you think about masks. That's great. I love you. Like, I know this, whatever you think of the season, I love you. Like, we're just going to move forward. I know there's a, a purpose for your life and a destination for your life. And so many times you get walked on, all of a sudden it's like, man, I can't take anymore. And it's an excuse to do what we want to do. But I'm telling you, God wants us to double down. Here's how it works. We give our best and then some. And it's what you do after you give your best that makes the biggest difference. When you think you can't go on, you know what you do? You keep believing in people. Come on, somebody. You gotta keep believing in people. It's so easy to quit on people. I believe the church has quit on more people than the people have quit on the church. I seriously do. It's amazing how people in the church will write something off faster than somebody that goes to church. I'll talk to somebody six months that haven't been in church and we're like, oh, they don't care anymore. And it shows up like, oh, this is my church. It's like, what, what are we thinking? Like, dude, we should pursue people. We never give out people. And if you've been around long enough, people go in circles, don't they? You know, people leave your life and then they come back around it's because we're called to be lighthouses. We're called to have a deep belief in people. It's who we are. Can I just encourage you? Man, if you're gonna be a hero maker, you better bet the farm on people. I mean, it's so easy to bet the farm on a system, isn't it? Something predictable and something easy to, to bet the farm on a process. Can I just tell you, we're gonna bet the farm on great people, amen? We're gonna bet the farm on great people because great people make great systems. Great people run great businesses. Great people make great leaders. Great people bring up heroes beside them. We're just gonna bet on people. So when you show up to our church and you wanna be on our team, we're like, hey, are you willing? Yeah, are you called by God? I feel like it. All right, here's the keys. Go fail. Because that's what you're gonna feel like when you start serving Jesus, right? Like, it's not gonna be good enough. That's okay. Like, we're gonna learn together. I never have a perfect day. Like, we're gonna just move together and we're gonna serve God together. We're gonna lease people to what God is doing. I'm just telling you, that's who God's called us to be, to bet the farm on people. So often we want to maybe control what's underneath our authority instead of empowering people with authority. It's a totally different world. I'm, I'm going on leadership. I need to go back to the message. Guys, tell you, guys, if you're going to lead, and you're going to have a hero-making mentality, you've got to count what matters most. And oftentimes we want to count the wrong stuff. I know in church world we want to count butts and budgets and buildings. Okay, this happened to me last night. I was at dinner. Apparently it was a great conversation. But somebody was like, hey, uh, when are you guys building? You guys getting ready to put up a big building? I'm like, that'd be sweet. I was like, you, you start giving, we'll start building. I, mean, I didn't say that. Um, I wanted to, but, uh, but it's like, no, we're not putting a building up right now. Like that's not, that's not what we're called to do in this season. Like what we're here to is to get the church connected and, and, and growing. Like, yeah, we want a building one day, but guess what? I believe God wants to grow us bigger than the building we can afford right now. I believe God hadn't done yet. 
Like, but that's all we see is that you got a building. It's like a, it's like a, like an ego trip, like a resume. You got a building. How many butts are showing up? What, how's your attendance going? I, the guy even asked me, he's like, hey, is your budget doing good? Not that he really cared, but he just want to know what your budget's going. It's like, that's all people measure your church by. But I'm just telling you, maybe you should change, change it up a little bit. Like, how do we measure success in our life? Like, nobody's ever asked me, like, man, how many minutes did your church members spend with God this week? That's a crazy metric. Like, how many people your church invite to church? Like, how many people prayed with their family this week? Like, nobody's counting that. Like, how many people did you send out of your church? Like, how many, not how many is a seat, but how many left? Like, on purpose. Because we believe the best fruit grows on somebody else's trees. Like, it's not what I can do. It's what somebody else is doing. And so we're going to invest in them. We're going to make them a hero maker of other hero makers. And they're going to go out and do what God's called them to do. And I believe this. We need to treat you guys so well and grow you guys so you can be sent out. But treat you so well you want to stay. Amen. Like, we, we want to grow you. But, we, yeah, we, we love you. We're kind of selfish. We want you to stay here. But guess what? If God calls you to do something else, we're like, hey, let's do that. Let's go start that ministry. The world, Dude, it's way bigger than real life. Come on, somebody. We do not have the corner market on the gospel. Like, it doesn't bleed out of real life. Dude, we're, we're serving Jesus. I'm just telling you, we got to start counting differently. Like, how many people do we empower this week? Because that's the question you're asking yourself. Who did I empower? Like, we can show up here, and we can be the best doers in the world. And we can set up all this, and nobody's empowered. And that's not what God's called us to do. Every person plays a significant role in the kingdom. Success for us looks like when somebody else is equipped and released. Amen? I'm going to keep preaching this message, apparently. Because that's what God's called us to be, equipping and releasing. We're hero makers. Now, greatest call is who we leave behind. Because when we're not here, somebody needs to thrive in this. Somebody needs to take this forward long past our lifetime, long past this moment of time. Somebody else has to run this gospel to the next generation, amen? It's not going to fall on just our shoulders. We have to train and equip other people. Thank God for those who are serving. But guess what? We're called to equip them as leaders and send them out. Place them with real authority. I mean, here's the, here's the last thing I'll tell you guys. Encourage you, man, how to be a hero maker. I mean, just make a simple invite. Just make a simple invite. Here's a crazy stats about invitations to church. This is how, this is how people show up to church. Six to, eight, eight, six to eight percent of people walk in by their own invitation. I know some of you guys came today because you saw the signs last week. That's awesome. Two or three percent like the program we offer. Here's just a little plug for you. We spend a lot of time on programs in church world. Only two or three percent come because they like it. Just saying. Eight to 10% of people like the pastor. Okay, that's cool. Three or 4% had met a need by the church. One or 2% were evangelized. That'd be great if the number was higher. Three or 4% are attracted by a Sunday school or life group. And 70 to 85% of people were invited by a friend or relative. God has entrusted us with the greatest tool to reach our world called an invitation where you can simply invite somebody to church. Here's a stat from Billy Graham Association. It says that the average person has seven people in their life that are far from God. They can actually name and say, I know these people. There's unchurched people around them. And it says that 82% of them would come to church if simply invited. So what it comes down to is when you meet Jesus and he's doing stuff in your life, you run to the very most important person in your life, don't we? And I'm just telling you, in this season, if we're not running to people, maybe we got to change our priorities. Maybe we got to say, you know what, I, I've got to get Jesus to somebody. There's somebody I'm working with in that Zoom meeting. Come on. There's somebody online. There's a neighbor across the street. I've just got to go to him. I've just got to say, you know what? God's got something for you. And I'm not saying the first step is to bring him here. I said the first step is to bring him with you. Like you're Timothy. You're Paul. You're going to say, hey, come on over. I got this backyard fire pit. Come on, somebody. I got this thing I'm doing. Why don't you come out to, why don't you come out to this race I'm being a part of? It's illegal. Just be here. No, I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Right? Like whatever it is, like just get them in your life and say, God has a purpose for your life. 
Like, I'm, I care about you. I'm just, I'm just here for you. Hey, just come and see. You know what? There's this cool thing that God's doing called real life. Really? That's cool. Yeah, yeah come and see. Well, I don't know if I really want to go to church. Yeah, just come and see. Just get them to be a part of what Jesus is doing. If they don't go to our church, go to a church. Come on, I'd love for somebody to leave our church because they invited somebody to go to church and they found another church they liked and they went with them. Just saying, that does not happen. Like, I was evangelizing so many people and they just, man. God's doing something over here. That, I'm just telling you, let's reach people for the cause of Christ. I mean, it's a simple invitation. Come and see. Come and see. I'm telling you, you'll never regret it. Man, the, the biggest high you can ever get in life, the most fulfilled you ever feel in life, is when you take care of somebody and you believe in them and they become a hero maker. Because all of a sudden you start seeing the Jordan Germain step up to be a leader. And you start seeing these people you poured into. Now, I've been in ministry for a long time. There's a guy that the family came out today and, uh, I was there my first year as youth ministry, following God, graduated, came to visit today, and I thought, man, that's so cool. But to see other people's lives changed, that's what makes the difference. I'm just telling you guys, can I encourage you to be hero makers? You guys ready to be a hero maker church? You guys ready to do this? Like, I'll believe in some people. And even if it changes nothing, we're going to be hero makers. Man, people will be ready for it. We're going to be the most positive people in the world. We're going to be encouraging people in the world. We're the most people that build everybody up. You're going to walk by everybody all day long. You know what you're going to do? You're going to find good things. You're going to set up. You're like, that's the best pipe and drape I've ever seen. You know? I love that fire you put in that outlet. Man, it's great. Like, you're just going to be encouraging all the places you go. Can we just do that, church? If you walk out of here and just find that person that God's put in your heart and make sure you call them this week, man, text them, Facebook message, whatever, and just invite them into your life. Invite them to follow Jesus. But God's calling us to be hero makers. Father, come before you. Guys, thank you so much for this church. God's incredible we can meet together. It's been way too long. Guys, thank you that we can just see you, God, for who you are, God, that you're a hero maker, God, that you believed in us, God. You believed in us so much that you died on a cross for us and that you took the nails in our hands because you loved us, God. And I'll pray for somebody this morning that wants to be a hero maker. Man, somebody that's tired is living a normal life. They want to have a hero maker life. They want to be a hero to their kids, a hero to their friends, a hero to the neighborhood, a hero to the community. They want to invest in other people. They're going to change their mindset. Maybe that's you today. They say, you know, I'm going to get some people done today. Like I've been doing a lot of stuff, but there's some people in my life I'm neglecting. I'm going to change that today. I'm going to be a hero maker. I don't know if that's you, but if, if it is, nobody looking around, you guys put your hands in there and say, I want to be a hero maker today. I'm going to invest in people. I see you guys' hands. I'll be a hero maker. I see hands all across this room. I'm going to pray for you. God, I pray for all of us to be hero makers. God, I know you're moving in some of our lives, God, but I pray we all be broken, God, just to pour into somebody else. God, that it doesn't stop with us. God, our greatest legacy isn't in this room yet, God. And so God, I pray we'd pour into people. God, I pray for our kids. Man, I pray that they'd be broken, God, but we would lead them to you. God, I pray that we just focus our eyes on you, God, and we just see the potential. God, we'd strip off the pain and the hurt and the disappointment and the depression. God, and all, all the words that have been spoken, God, we just remember our purpose. God, we're gonna walk out of here and everybody comes in our life. God, we're gonna point them to you. God, we're going to bring them to you. God, we're going to encourage them and build them up. God, I pray we'll be a church full of hero makers. God, this next generation will be stronger than our generation. God, this church will explode, not because we want more people. It's because we want to change the world. Because we want to see people's lives change. God, we want to see addictions broken for you. We want to see homeless come off the street. God, we want to meet people's needs. God, I pray you just multiply that impact because we're just going to be hero makers in this city. God, I pray for one more group of people. And I want to talk to you today. If you say, you know what? I need to meet Jesus. Like, I need the hero maker. I need the one who paid the debt for my sin. I need the one that put his, my name on his hands and paid for my sin. Who is Jesus? Jesus is a sinless son of God. He died on the cross 
for you. The Bible says on that cross, he exchanged all of your wrongs for all of his rights and he set you free today. And maybe today you say, you know what? I've never had a relationship with Jesus, but today I need to meet this Jesus. Somebody brought me here today and thank God they brought me. I'm like Simon, but today I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna be Peter. Like God has a purpose for my life and I'm seeing that. And so today the Bible says this, whoever calls the name of Jesus will be saved, forgiven and made new. Maybe that's you today and you say yes to Jesus. Yes, forgiveness. And if that's you, now I want you to put your hand in the air right now. I want to pray for you. Put your hand in the air if that's you. Say, I need Jesus. I need a relationship with him. And all across this room, say, I need Jesus. And if that's you, to pray this prayer. Say, Father God, thanks so much for sending your son Jesus. May I die on a cross for me. God, I want to say yes to you, being the hero maker. God, just make me new from the inside out. God, I love you. God, thank you for what you're doing. I praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus. Come on, let's be a church full of hero makers. You guys ready? Do we just gather together as a church so we could go scatter out again? Because I think that's what God called us to do, to be little hero makers in this season. I would love to hear you guys' stories and just tell me, man, be like, man, God just gave me the opportunity to be a hero maker this week, man. I can't wait for what God's gonna do in this series, man. Love you guys. So glad to be back in person. Come on, one more time. Give it up for God. Bring us back together. Hey, I'm Barry. If anybody here prayed that prayer today to follow Jesus, I want to encourage you guys to know, let you know that it's not the end of something. It's the beginning of a journey that's going to change the rest of your tomorrows. And we want to partner with you and, and not let you be alone on that journey. We want to help you in any way that we can. So we can do that in two different ways. First one is just pull out that phone again. You can text RL next to 97000 and we'll connect with you a team member who will encourage you and help you. And they'll also give you some resources to help you along on that journey. If you happen to be with us in person on your way out of the worship center, uh, right after this gathering, there's some red bags, there's a Bible and there's some more resources. And I encourage you to stop and grab one of those. And we're so excited that you made that decision today and we wanna help you in any way that we can. For anybody else here or just anybody in general, if you need prayer for any reason, I want you to know that we'll have a team member up here. We would love to pray with you for any and every reason that you might need prayer for. So we'll be right up here after the gathering. If you're a teenager or if you have a teenager, we are having real life youth tonight. We're gonna to be at Jason and Megan Wheeler's house. It is gonna be a great time. The kids always love it, that's right. So don't miss out tonight at six o'clock. We'll see you there. If you need, uh, if you need information, get with Carrie Cubley or you can uh, check out the events page and it should be on there as well. Hey, if you heard this message today and you wanted to be a hero maker, maybe God's calling you to make a difference here at Real Life in our community, we would encourage you to connect with the Dream Team. You can do that by stopping by the Next Steps booth. And we would love to get you signed up and just give you some information on what it looks like to be part of the Dream Team and be a hero maker. I want you guys to know that you guys have been so faithful through just the last several months and just the, all, all, the, all the stuff that's gone on. You guys have been faithful in your giving and what you give makes a direct impact and changes people's lives. So I wanna thank you for that. God talks about in 2 Corinthians that he loves people that are cheerful. He gives a purpose in our lives and our hearts to give something. And he doesn't want it out of just something that we have to do or just you know guilt or shame or anything like that. But God calls us to do something and he loves it when we do it with a cheerful heart. So as always, there's three ways to give and, and be generous. And the first one is still, you can go online to reallifechurchkc.com. You secondly, you can text any amount to 84321 or you can use the envelope systems and you can drop it in the giving box at the back. I want you to know that so many people look to so many issues and so many ways to change the world, whether it's politics or education, but God tells us that the church is the hope of the world because we bring the message of Jesus. And you guys do that and you move that mission forward by what you do and how you give. So I want you guys to check out what your generosity is doing today.
What's up, real life? I'm here at Belton High School, and check out how your generosity is making a difference. I'm here at the Belton High School Pirate Pantry. Here's what we're doing. The Real Life Dream Team emptied out this whole space, and we're gonna upgrade with brand new shelving and brand new hanging spaces. Check out how you help transform this space. Thanks to you, we have all new industrial shelving in all three of these locations. We have new clothes racks, and everything you see in this space is because of your generosity. Thank you, Real Life, for stepping up in a huge way to impact our city. And I love it, guys. We don't have to give, we get to give. These kids in Belton have a wonderful new resource that holds more food and clothes than ever before. This is truly gonna impact the city for years and years to come. That's right, it's so cool just to see what you guys give, what it goes to, man. It's gonna change kids' lives from here throughout the school year. So thank you again so for uh, all your generosity and everything that you do. Man, what an incredible day. It's really cool just to get to hang out with you guys in person. I want you to encourage you guys today, find somebody that you can encourage and be a hero maker in that one person's life this week. Invite your friends and family out for next week's uh, gatherings again are at 9.30 and 11. And as always, remember, whoever finds Jesus discovers real life and purpose.